For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm here as always with myself, Jihei Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, and Mr. Jake Dicker. How are we doing, you guys, without a rush? I'm enjoying freaking Las Vegas right now. I'm waiting for this Kyrie deal to get done. You know, it seems like every other day, you know, there's a person saying, a source saying, oh, it could be done. And then another source saying, hey, it's not done. It's frozen. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's a cat and mouse game right now. I'm just glad to be back. It's been a little bit since I've, I've been on, um, and I'm just excited to be back. I, will, I am upset I wasn't in Vegas. It does <laughs> sound like it was a very good time. Um, but yeah, I need this Kyrie deal to go down. I'm like, keep checking my phone constantly. Like I'm in that mode where once it buzzes, I'm looking. Um, so yeah, just same, same type of deal as Brandon. Today is rough because we went to Vegas on Thursday. So it felt like a four day weekend. And now it's like, uh, when you're in grade school and then you had the four day holiday weekend and then you're back on a Monday, uh, still trying to wake myself up this morning, but I'm I'm glad to be here. Yeah, Kyrie. I, I don't know when this is going to. And happen. I'll tell you who's alive and awake. Zach Wilson. That's right. Oh, he's, definitely, oh, he's, definitely he's alive and awake. Right he is definitely happy and very on that single track. That is for my sure. My gosh, what a Mormon! That's yeah. that's the Mormon I like right there. That's my kind of Mormon. All right. Well, with that, let's get to the headlines. Brought to you by Circus Sports, Circus Millions, and Circus Survivor. Poor. Poor pro football contests are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit circusports.com, guys, for details. Let's do this. of Kyrie the uh, Lakers are uh, there's Laker rumors still circulating and some sources um, even believe that the trade is eminent but we're not going to go off of those guys what do you guys think that this deal could um, take place and what's the holdup on both the Lakers and Nets end you know it was it was hilarious because I saw some on Twitter um, with the Nets promoting their season tickets with like KD but no Kyrie and then they had Ben Simmons Cam Thomas and then obviously the Cam Thomas rolling the eyes thing yesterday just 
kind of indicates what the players feel about Steve Nash, who should have never really been a head coach. I think everyone is in agreement there. When I saw that news a couple years back, I was like, Steve Nash, head coach? I mean, give him a chance. But we know D'Antoni was running that offense two years ago, not Nash. And we saw what happened last year when D'Antoni wasn't on the coaching staff. Nash really struggled. But I, I do think this deal is going to happen at this point. Um, it's just a matter of time. I think it's a cat and mouse game. Uh, I think Jovan Buha has been very, very uh, good and like level when it comes to the Lakers insider for the athletic beat writer. When it comes to this situation, he's been saying that, you know, there's, there's, they're talking and, you know, it's a cat and mouse game. We'll see how many picks have to be given up. You know, last time he was talking about that. So, I don't know. I, at this point, I think it's going to get done at some point, but we may have to be patient. The Nets are still trying to field these KD offers, or it could come at any time. I mean, it seems like every other day, every other day, it's like, oh, it's going to happen today. We're going to get this news, or then the talks are frozen, as Winhorse said this morning. So, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't know at this point, but I would be very shocked if this trade doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I think we're in so deep at this point that it's going to happen eventually, but I think we do have to be patient. I think it makes sense that KD is going to be the first domino to fall. I think it's hard to move um, Kyrie before you move the biggest piece. But I mean, you just look at the Lakers brass and their behavior at the Summer League. LeBron and Rich Paul and Palinka and Darvin Hammer on one end and Westbrook's by himself on the other and no one's making an effort to go over there. Like that bridge has so clearly been burned. Um, it's you're, if you're in the same building with you and one of your other star players, like you go say, like you just have common decency and say hello. And the fact that that's not even happening is just like, this is so far past repair. I think it's it's gonna it's gonna happen at some point. It seems like from everything that everyone's saying that Kyrie's just forcing himself to LA. Um, but I do think I think it's gonna happen. I think we just have to be as patient as we can be. It just seems like the longer this drags out, the Kevin Durant stuff, we know he wants to go to Phoenix or Miami. Miami doesn't have the trade package to put together to get Kevin Durant. Phoenix, now we have news this morning that DeAndre Ayton may sign his offer sheet with the Pacers today. So we'll see if that happens. But if that happens, it makes it a lot less likely that Durant ends up in Phoenix. So then it, it has to be a conversation that the Nets have with Durant where it's like, we can trade you, but if we do... It's not going to be to one of those teams, maybe a Memphis or a Denver or somebody else comes along and says, well, we have Jamal Murray or we have Jaron Jackson Jr. or Toronto. Um, but until that happens, every everything that the reporters have said, whether the talks are frozen or not, everything that they've said is that Durant is the first domino. So it seems like Durant is still far away from happening, which makes me think that Kyrie is going to be stuck in this limbo. But the other thing that every reporter is saying, as Brandon mentioned with the Nets promotion, is that yeah, it, Kyrie's not going to be there opening night. Durant might be. Here's a hot take. I think that Kyrie could get traded first and Durant's on the roster on opening night. Yeah, that's a possibility I mean, that right me. now. You know, would and, that really shock you? And if I'm no, because like Kyrie's obviously a, a problem in Brooklyn, and KD could return, and you got TJ Warren, Ben Simmons. I mean, there are worse rosters in the NBA. I think if they hold on to one of them, they might hold on to both. Because as soon as you trade Kyrie, you lose so much leverage in a KD deal. Or I don't think it's worth them. Because if KD's on the roster on opening night, is he going to play? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I still think a deal gets done, but I'm saying based on the promotion that we saw in that email, I wouldn't be surprised. 
Yeah, how at this cl- point. How closely is their promotional graphics team working with Sean Marks? <laughs> I mean, probably, well, they know Kyrie's gone. Sure yeah. as heck is gone. They don't know if KD's gone, you I, know? So what would you lean towards with Durant? Because I'm starting to lean towards he's on the Nets opening night. <sighs> but then what it, yeah, that's why I'm kind of thinking. I know Windhorse brought it, brought it up last week where, you know, sometimes he says, oh, KD will get traded first. And he's like, there's a possibility. Him and Woj are saying there's a possibility Kyrie gets traded first. I do think at this point, it's, I'm leaning towards Kyrie gets traded first and the Durant thing kind of goes goes on because the Nets don't want to deal with the headache of Kyrie Irving. They just want to move on. I think the holdup right now is the Lakers are trying to find a third team in San Antonio or OKC to kind of take on Westbrook's contract. By the way, the, the reports of this weekend of the Timberwolves, uh, the Nets and the Timberwolves, and then they offered him four firsts, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. I don't know who's doing the reporting on these things. There's no that can't way. Be accurate. There's no yeah. way that Sean Marks legitimately. I mean, yeah, sure, you wanna, you, you know, you wanna um, negotiate, but that's just ridiculous. No, no GM with a logical, working, functioning brain is gonna hear that and say, yeah, let's let's negotiate on this this premise. There's no yeah. way that that was actually a talk. And the Gobert trade, as we've mentioned, is just kind of screwed everything up in terms of what's a fair trade now for KD. Um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a long process. Seems like the Raptors are probably the team in front right now with yeah. their package that yeah. they can offer. So, well, moving on, Major League Baseball announced starters for the All Star Game that will be held next week at Dodger Stadium, which has not happened in forever. Um, both the Dodgers and the Angels have starters, uh, two starters in Trey Turner and Mookie Betts, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. No shockers there. Clayton Kershaw and Tony Gonsolin earned roster spots as well. Does this surprise? you guys and should either Dodgers starting pitchers um, starting pitchers start the game um, I think it's great I think it's finally you know we're finally getting this game in LA it was supposed to happen in 2020 and got you know moved or canceled because of the pandemic um, I think it's awesome that both teams have two starters um, in terms of should either Dodgers starter start the game I'm gonna go with yes, and my answer is Tony Gonsolin, if not Sandy Alcantara. I don't think that Kershaw, based off his statistics alone this year, er, has earned that start yet. But I would understand if he were if he got the nod um, because of his legacy in LA. Brandon, what do you, what do you what are you thinking? Yeah, I I do think you know I originally I was talking to Jake about this this morning that Tony Gonsolin should be considered to start the All Star game and I stand by it for one reason and that's because the Dodgers are in first place they're the best record in the National League I think you got to lean toward that although Sandy Alcantara has had a better year he's the best pitcher in baseball um, and yeah so I mean I would I Sandy Al- Alcantara has been great 182 ERA but I would roll with Gonsolin here. I mean, Clayton Kershaw did a did a like a in mid game interview yesterday, and they asked him what he would think about starting the game, um, and he knows he doesn't have the best stats, right? But he talked about how there have been years in his career where he's, you know, been that guy who probably had he had two chances to start the All Star game, 2013 and 2014. Brandon or any, anyone join join in on this with me? I'm gonna give you two players, and you tell me who should start the game. This is through. Through the All-Star break in 2013, pitcher A is 7-2 with a 2-3-5 ERA and 147 strikeouts. Pitcher B is 8-6 with a 1-9-8 ERA and 139 strikeouts. Who starts the All-Star game? Pitcher B. Okay, so pitcher A is Matt Harvey. Pitcher B is Clayton Kershaw. That game was played in Queens. Matt Harvey was in New York.
York Met, Matt Harvey started the game. Yeah. 2014, pitcher A, 11 and 3 with a 178 ERA, 126 strikeouts. Pitcher B, 12 and 4 with a 183 ERA, 115 strikeouts. One's Jake Arietta, right? No. No? Uh-huh. I would say pitcher B. Okay, so pitcher B is Kershaw. Pitcher okay. A, no, no, sorry, sorry. Pitcher A is Kershaw with the 178. Pitcher B is Adam Wainwright. That game was played in 2014. Cardinals made the World Series in 2013. Mike Matheny he chose, chose, Wainwright. chose Wainwright, his pitcher. That's so not a Kershaw's, bad decision. So Kershaw's been on the end where he probably, he probably should have started the game and didn't, where I feel like if he gets the start, even though he probably doesn't deserve it, like I feel like he's kind of earned it at this point. He's never started an all-star game. But there's a guy on his roster who's 11-0. and Who's been better. Who's 11-0 yeah. with a one... 6-2 like how I don't know how you walk back into the clubhouse after the all-star game and be like I took you but then there's the argument of you want to see the best players pit the best pitchers regardless of stats so that would be Sandy versus Shohei that's what maybe they would do because Shohei has been every sixth day probably the most dominant starter in the American League you know I know there's an argument not the best but the most dominant when he's on all but a couple of games. I mean, he gave up six earned in New York, right? And then another game where he gave up six earned in Texas. Other than that, he hasn't given up over like four runs in any of his other starts. Like total of four runs. Like well, it's been zero was, or one. He was voted as the starter at DH and then was also added as a pitcher. I know, but... But I, I don't think he should have been voted as the, as the DH I, starter. I'm just saying if you want to expand the game... Oh, for sure. You know, although Tony Gonsolin deserves it, Alcantara has the most electric stuff in the National League right now, and Shoei has the most electric stuff in the American League. So if I'm trying to expand the game and get viewership, it'd be Alcantara versus Shohei. I think if you want viewership, you go Kershaw and Otani. Game being played in LA, you get Kershaw in his home stadium. Like you don't want to like bring uh, you don't you don't want to bring uh, publicity to the Angels right now, bro. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm joking. But Can I we- mean, you want you want somebody that's a star, right? You want somebody that's going to be that standout. Oh yeah. You need like the the NBA does a great job of you know it's LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers it's you know you know it's Zion and uh, yeah the the NBA is far and away the best at marketing their players and I think that the MLB needs to start doing that a little bit more where you have your star like you have a star in this kid Shohei and like you're not utilizing him as much as you so let me me ask one more let me pose one more question I didn't bring this up in the rundown but Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera being honorary all-stars do you guys agree with that yes because I do. It, I like it. I think we saw it in the NBA too. I, I don't remember, but Dirk, like I think Dirk, Dirk and Wade. Dirk, I think yeah. it's cool because you know it's a legacy thing. Um, it, it's just. But then what is that? But the only the only argument I agree. But the only argument against it is these guys have already like what 14, 15 All Star appearances, and then let's say all they don't do this every year, and then another guy with fourteen or fifteen comes along as a legend, and then you don't put him in the All Star game, and then it's kind of like a fake selection used to like discuss all time greats, kind of like the Western and Eastern Conference MVP. I think that was a terrible decision because like I was like, come on, like no one cares about that crap. No one's gonna be like Jason Tatum's an all time great for getting an Eastern Conference Finals MVP, right? So here, I mean, here's the thing. I here's my thing with it. I don't know exactly how deep it goes. Like, I don't know if they're taking a roster spot away from somebody else. If they're taking a roster spot away from someone who like has had a great year, then like I have an issue with it. If there's incentives in their contract where they get more money for being an all star and they get named this way, like, I, like, and they make that money, I have an issue with that also. Like, they shouldn't. But I also don't have an issue if there's not if they're not taking a roster spot away from anybody and it's just tip of the cap for what you've yeah. done for the game throughout your career. Like, let's send you out on a high note. Like, no, I don't have an issue. No, what do you guys think of expanding the rosters? Because Austin Riley, Dylan Sees, Taylor Ward, a couple other guys missed out and should be obvious all-stars in Freddie my opinion. Freddie Freeman. Freddie um, Freeman, yeah, 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 yeah. No, there are going to be guys 
I mean, it happens every year where yeah. guys are added to the roster either due to pitchers throwing a couple days or before, having or to have an all-star injuries. on every team, right? But there's yeah. always going to be a snub. There's always, always. going to be well, a snub. What about it have, doesn't matter you, if you expand the roster. I know, but it, then that leads me, should the MLB continue to have an all-star from every team? I think it's... A, I don't think so. No, because it, oversaturate, it oversaturates it. And it, does, it doesn't make it as special. Like, right? I'm sorry, Martin Perez, great, like, first 12 games. Like, he shouldn't be a starter over Dylan Seas. Like, just because the Rangers, like, need a player and, you know, the Tigers. Okay, you got Miguel Cabrera, but then they want to add a reliever in Gregory Soto. That kind of thing. And also, with the emphasis on giving relievers, I actually, it's a hot take. I kind of like it that they give, you know, starters a certain amount of thing. And then they kind of go after the, the relievers, give them the... The publicity they deserve because a lot of that gets unnoticed you know yeah i mean i like having representative from every team because i think like it celebrates the game everyone's there it gets all the fans involved like if you're a fan of a team and imagine you're watching the all-star game and like your team's not represented like when it's just because it's been happened forever like i get the nba it's different smaller rosters um but i yeah i mean like cj crone is on the roster as the rockies representative probably makes it anyways yeah but like freddie freeman's not on the roster you can make a very compelling argument for freddie freeman to be on the roster well and then you give like starlin Marte or or you know like that's a different jeff mcneil like yeah come on over freddie freeman like i know those guys are fine but like like, positions and it's it's super ticky tacky like i get the not getting taylor ward on the team despite being eighth in ops plus and you know advanced stats because the angels are terrible and you already have two all-stars it would kind of be like ridiculous if you put three all-stars on the team that's 11 and 31 over the past you know yeah i mean guys will get added like it wouldn't surprise me if ward even with everything that's got on is added if he should be added if will smith who's like first in every nl offensive statistical category what's with william Contreras being dh what a bad decision he finished second in the in the dh who cares but they should just have like i I agree with you he shouldn't be an all-star anybody can be be dh on any given day like i feel i i agree with you but he did come in second in like the dh voting because there's not a ton of like true then he deserves a medal not an all-star selection (laughs) congratulations we'll send you your medal william like you don't deserve to be on the speaking, all-star team speaking of medals did you guys see the wnba trophy oh, oh man oh, how demeaning to women <laughs> that was ridiculous i saw it i'm like you can't be actually giving them this tiny little uh, medal like come on it, that it was seemed bad like the thing that you get at like the the trophy store that seems like, like a, a participation yeah. trophy from varsity sports yeah. and like a banquet you know i mean it was tiny did, did you see it jihei no i didn't watch it so, i mean somebody pull it up for jihei you didn't watch it was, <laughs> you probably didn't watch it because the game was at 10 a.m like what i know another thing like what are you doing you know i mean i know WNBA is struggling for viewership anyways but still they should be at prime time the all-star game just like the WNBA finals like if candace parker is playing in game five of WNBA finals yeah (laughs) Yeah, i just saw it that's terrible but like if candace parker is playing in the WNBA finals right like biggest star that WNBA has probably ever had like you want it at prime time right you don't want it 10 a.m no i also saw a tweet that arash put out like during the game like he was following it on the espn app on his phone yeah there were no like stats or anything it was just like the score at the top like you couldn't follow there was no play-by-play uh, no I mean, like we're talking we're talking about growing the game this is the is opposite like a, of this doing is like this. it's the all-star game like figure it out it's not it's not like we're dealing with some offshore website here this is e- the espn app like it's not that hard you know and it's yeah. so hard to like get statistics in the WNBA in comparison to like the nba like advanced stats too like yeah. where are the advanced stats about kelsey plume about you know sabrina ionescu what's her player efficiency rating in the WNBA? yeah you know seems like no one cares about advanced stats in the WNBA right now 
Well, moving on towards your uh, wonderful Angels, um, who have been the worst team in Major League Baseball since May 25th, going 11 for 31 worst in the bigs during that stretch, by the way, despite having two of the best players in the world. What can go wrong seems to continue to go wrong for this Angels team, but what is something that could change and get this team going, guys? At this point, um, they need to just fire sale. I mean, it's it's looking like, you know, there's no way they make the playoffs. I know we previously said, Jake, when they were in the running still, even after that 14-game losing streak, because they were so good in the first month and a half. Yeah, they were like four games back. Now they're like 19. Yeah, yeah. So, no, no, I mean, they were they were, they were leading the division oh, in, yeah. in mid-May, you know, and they were the second-best, like, uh, winning record, second-best record in the American League behind the Yankees at that point. Then the Blue Jays come to town. They go on the 14-game losing streak. They kind of have, like, a, you know, a... a, a you know, they, they get back and they get on a win streak, right? And then they lose again. I mean, nothing can go right for this team. They got to sell Iglesias. They got to sell Syndergaard. They got to sell anybody possible. I know I've mentioned Trout and Otani, but maybe not midseason. That's more of an off-season thing, if anything. Just sell tickets. I mean, this is just, it's a joke right now. It's really a joke, straight up. They won't trade Mike Trout unless Mike Trout says, get me out of here. And I don't think that's something he's going to do right no, now. No, he's very comfortable in yeah, he Yeah, but they I mean, they're... I've never, like, I don't know the last time I saw a team, like, you see teams have a great first half, and then as the season goes on, they, like, get banged up. Like, they just, nothing is working. This is luck. This is a matter of luck and culture. I know Sam Blum, the best writer for the Angels, he works for The Athletic, he was saying there's a toxic positivity issue. (laughs) They need to fix it. They need to figure out that they're in deep and they need to fix this stuff you know what the, this team is this team is the team where everybody says you you guys are doing great you're amazing you have you're great players you have, have amazing players. i mean like, it's an embarrassment have... they have a top 10 roster and they're the worst team in the mlb have a top 10 roster i, I do I, I do i don't think i mean they're 19 games back okay Yan- yankees red Sox. okay yeah i mean we'll talk to david about this yeah <laughs> we'll get we'll get into this with dave well let's leave it there for now guys when we come back we will be joined as we we just said by mr david bloom when we return on the mightier 1090 espn radio in southern california 98.5 the fan in las vegas and the hawaii sports radio network We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back, guys, to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Southern California, 98.5, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in L.A., Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline at 310-400-0340. Or if you just, again, if you want to just leave a comment, just say how awesome we are, that'd be great, too. So, um... 
please again leave a um, message um, by calling our hotline at 310-400-0340 okay let's go to the circus sports hotline let's go to the circus sports hotline guys Um, circa millions and circus survivor pool uh, pro football contest with 12 million in guaranteed prizes are back visit circusports.com for details and here he is good friend of the show mr david bloom thank you so much for taking the time again every single monday david welcome yeah. thank you for having me here hey by the way that that dog in the last segment i didn't know zach wilson was in the other room. <laughs> oh god yeah we had a uh, we, we had a uh, a little background noise in the uh in i was the like studio. oh zach wilson sign sign uh <laughs> sign uh I don't know. Sign my baby. You're a Mormon. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, well. Speaking of babies, I guess uh, angels have been kind of a little bit of a, some babies over here, <laughs> tearing, tearing down both your teams. Sorry about that. But where, um, hey, where rightfully see, so. Where do you guys see? Where yeah. do you specifically, David, see them going? Um, is there a future? I mean, they have such an ama- they have such amazing talent. That I feel like they're just wasting it. Oh yeah. I mean, if I had a penny for how many times I've heard that argument. You know, at a third at a certain point, the response to that is, yeah. <laughs> so it's you know the, the whole the whole view of this season was at least last season was get through last season. This season's the season. You know, Perry's going to be different. We're going to sign some guys. We're going to just retool this roster enough to just be a contender, finish over five hundred, make the postseason, and it was looking that way for the first. 30, 40 games-ish up until around, like, May, it was looking really good. You know, they were winning the 2-0 ball games. They were winning the high-scoring ball game. Some nights they were pitching really well. I know there was this post going around social media that was, uh-oh, the Angels figured out how to pitch. And I'm like, don't say that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, you lose a close one in a doubleheader against the A's, but you immediately go back and pick up the next game and the game after that. And you lose three in a row to Texas. Then you lose that fourth in a row. You pick up three in a row, and then you drop 14 games in a row. To given quality teams, but if you're also a quality team, you beat quality teams. And the Angels, who were able to beat up on not good teams, the minute they face the Yankees, the Astros, even the Phillies, you know, the beginning of their hot streak, they turned it off. And by turning it off, I mean losing in every way possible. Blowing any and all leads. Not being able to score single runs multiple times a game. I remember when the worst thing the Angels were doing was two straight games of no runs. That feels great right now. Give me that right now because we've seen that multiple times this season. It's gotten to a point where, speaking from a fan... There is a complete and utter apathy towards this team because you just can't deal with it. It is the most disappointing season for the Angels since the end of the 2014 postseason. And at a certain point, you just, you know, you don't want to blame everybody, but there's so, so many factors to it. And as much as it feels like you're wasting Mike and Shoei's careers, I mean, Mike had a horrible slump during the 14-game losing streak, and Shohei has been striking out tremendously. It's on everybody, and this yeah. team this year, I mean, unless they go on a 20-game win streak, they're not making the postseason. Not happening. Sell at the deadline, cut it off, work till next season, and I don't know. 
right? The, the roster looks good on paper, but, but I don't know. The injuries and Rendon not being able to produce or play, you know, David Fletcher being out for a majority of this year, I'm sure they'll just sit him down at this point. There's yeah. so much you have to do to fix this team, and I don't even know where to begin at this point because it feels like they did a lot of it this offseason, and all of a sudden, nothing. Yeah, and uh, David, um, this is a culture issue too. I don't know if you follow Sam Bloom, the writer for The Athletic for the Angels, possibly the best Angels writer there is. Shout out to Sam Blum or Bloom, whatever. Um, he probably doesn't even, I mean, if he listens, like he's going to be like, wow, people actually know my name because he's relatively new to The Athletic. I don't know if many people know him, but I will say this. He's talked about a toxic positivity issue with the Angels, right? That everything's fine. They're, they have a good roster. Everything's going to be fine. And yes, it's good to be positive and it's good to stay in a good mindset even when you're in the midst of a losing streak. But there is no saving this team. Who do you sell at the deadline? Do you sell Iglesias? Do you sell Syndergaard? Do you sell Lorenzen? Do you sell, I don't know, do we even have a bat to sell? Do we trade Marsh? I mean, at this point, I know Marsh is young and, you know, he's not having a good season so far. Bring up Adele at this point, no? Like, why haven't we brought up Adele? You know, this season has provided its minimal positives amongst the many, many negatives. We've seen Taylor Ward really become a regular starter player. Luis Franjifo, who I was very, very low on at the start of the season, has really proven himself. You know, Michael Stefanik coming up and finally being able to produce. I mean, he's had several multi-hit games in his short MLB career. There's been some positives. You know, finding some guys. You know, Patrick Sandoval's having another quality season. Obviously, Shohei has. You know, Lorenzen, I would say sell i mean i know he's on the il right now but he has not had a he's kind of had a downward slope this season he's really his stock has fallen it's hard to say who to sell because you'll probably just end up selling those minor bats like guys you know like a tommy lascella like they did a couple of years ago guys don't really you know you want to keep the marshes and the adels and the wards and the rentifos but at this point, it doesn't matter who you sell. It doesn't matter who you buy. It doesn't matter how many Jonathan VRs you sign. There's no saving this season unless they want to go on a miraculous win streak. And that toxic positivity does, you're right, it does come from the fact that they look at their roster on paper and they say, we have a fantastic system, we have a fantastic roster, we're going to be fine. But the guys right now, at least on both sides of the ball, I mean, offensively, it looks like they should be able to get it done every night, but nothing sometimes. And pitching, it seems fine, but then even our great closer blowing three-run leads several times, two-run leads several times, at a certain point, you know, you sign Luke, you sign Tapera, you sign all these guys, and you get nothing from them. You know, Archie Bradley getting injured every two seconds, especially from that brawl, and he was fine. You know, I have a lot of respect for him as a player because I think he's a quality pitcher, but he's been fine this year. It's going to take a complete overhaul of the pitching roster as well as those parts of the offense because six, seven, eight, nine, and the offense is just automatic outs at this point. I mean, in a good game, in a positive game with momentum and energy, which they don't really get, you'll get a Velasquez home run. You'll get a Renjifo home run, even though he's been doing better this season. You know, Tyler Wade, when he was on the he'll do something, but... When the offense isn't going, 
right? When you're not scoring any runs with the top of your roster, with the top of your order, the bottom's not going to help you anymore. So you got to retool that. you got to retool the bullpen because it clearly isn't working. The rotation's got some quality pieces, but there's some guys that, you know, really shouldn't be starting at a certain point like Lorenzen. And you just need, you need better players. And as simple as that sounds, it's not something the Angels have been able to do since 2014. And we have not won a postseason game in the last decade, almost decade and a half. With a roster like this, with Mike Trout, with Shohei Otani, with Jared Walls and Ward and Rendon doing everything he can to, I don't even know, maybe play, it's disappointing. There's no other word for it besides disappointing. And at this point, frustrating. It's it's not like, oh, we're tanking or, or, oh, obviously we're bad. You should be good. You're not. It's a chemistry issue. It's a clubhouse issue. You can't tell me it's a roster issue at this point because you have the guys on paper. So the only roster issue is with the individual players. And so it, it's clear that the what the Angels need to do is kind of rehaul this this roster and, and you know, get some, get some yeah. different pieces. Um, what do you think the most effective way of doing that is? Because if, I mean, they don't have a top 100 prospect. Their farm system's definitely in the bottom third of the league. Um, is it trading Otani so you don't lose him for anything? Do you even think about entertaining offers for, for Mike Trout? What do, you, what do you think the best way to do that is, given their, their current resources? You know, trading Otani is never going to give you the yield because no one's ever going to be able to give that up. I mean, we, we're seeing that right now in the Kevin Durant world, right? You want to get rid of a guy who wants to be out, but nobody's ever going to be able to give you enough for you to be comfortable trading him. And it feels like a knee-jerk reaction to trade Shohei Otani, how good he is, how good he's been. You know, there's not a lot you have to change when it comes to the big guys there. Shohei, Mike, Ward, Walsh. I think I would love to find a Rendon suitor. Personally, I think that he has been completely unavailable and he has just been a tough addition to the team. He is not ever going to be himself or at least who he was in Washington, what we signed him for. It's going to take as well rebuilding that bullpen with guys you're confident in. I mean, I know you pay Luke and you pay Tapera and you pay Bradley and you pay Iglesias, but Luke's been subpar towards the back end of this half of the season. Tapera's been okay. Bradley's been unavailable. It seems like he hasn't really pitched a lot this season. And you're stuck going to guys like Ortega, who keeps getting sent up and down in the system. And, you know, there's got to be a an overhaul of that pen and get that rotation set. I mean, it's changed all the time. And you bring in Phil Seth, and he has a great start, and then he's had some tough starts after that. Diaz, he's been okay his first start he had a great start against Washington striking out Juan Soto it looked great and then he's just kind of fallen up you know you got Shohei Syndergaard's making a lot of money but you got him you got Reed and you got Sandoval you got to figure out that other one-two piece you got to maybe switch some guys over sell some guys here and really build a roster build an offense that you know isn't going to get shut out multiple times a month At, at a certain point you got to accept defeat, and that toxic positivity is only going to lead you further down the 11 games won since, what is it, May 25th, I think the stat was. They're the worst team in baseball since May 25th. They have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. I cannot begin to describe 
the frustration and disappointment that the team gives you. I remember as a little kid sitting there in the stands for game one of the 2014 ALDS. Man, if they could have just beat the Royals, how different this world would be. David, in terms of switching topics to the NBA, we keep discussing the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant stuff. Where do you think they're going to end up, Kyrie and KD? And when do you think uh, resolution to this melodrama will will conclude? Honestly, Brooklyn. Oh, wow. I think, I think they're going to stay in Brooklyn. And the reason that is is because you have the Nets who, granted, you know, you do everything you can when stars say, I want out. But they're going to the Timberwolves and they're saying, give me Ant and Cat. And for and four first round picks, it's too much. Nobody is going to throw away their entire future for an injury prone Kevin Durant as good as he is. They're asking for too much. No team has that to match, so they're not going to find a suitor unless they lower their offering. And they're not going to. They're not going to lower their asking price, and no team's going to take that. No team's going to be like, oh yeah, we want Kevin Durant. All we have to give you is our entire roster and picks. Nobody's going to do that. And for Kyrie, the Lakers clearly have a lot of their own problems with that trade. You know, the Joe Harris situation, them wanting Curry, then that's not really wanting to give up Curry because they don't want to lose their entire roster over these two players. The team that's in the toughest situation right now is the Nets because they are begging for some way that their two players can stay and trying to get rid of the two guys they signed only two, three years ago to win a championship and look like contenders. You know, James Harden already wanted in, then out in practically a season's worth of time. So I assume that they're going to stay solely on the fact that nobody's going to be able to hit the mark or be willing to give up what the Nets want for both KD and Kyrie. And unless the Lakers are looking to give up Anthony Davis. I don't see Kyrie and KD playing together. Look, if Kyrie and KD want to play together on the same team, hey, they're already on the same team. Just play out your contract, sign anywhere you want. I'm shocked Kyrie opted in now because, you know, he's trying to get out. He wants the money. That's fair. He's an NBA player. I get it. He's talented. But nobody's going to be able to match this price you want for KD, Kyrie, or both. And Katie and Kyrie are either going to have to force their way to a team for less or play out this season and figure it out at the deadline or next season. That's such a Clippers take. I know you're scared of Kyrie to the Lakers, so it's like, it's okay. Um, but I mean, then, then, let's see, then let's see it happen. Then let's then take Joe Harris. Let's see it happen. I want to see it happen. I want, I want the Lakers and Clippers to finally play the WCF that they should have played years so ago. Do I. I'm, but, I'm all you know? here for it. <laughs> The Kyrie trades are now frozen at this point. How much better is Seth Curry than Joe Harris? Like, why is this something that I don't Lakers know, really dude? Joe Harris is a better defender. Like, yeah, I don't get it. Any, shoot, if you Joe shoot threes, you shoot threes, right? Plus, like, you can you don't have to sweeten the pot if you take Joe Harris's contract. You know what I'm saying? You can only give one first round pick in the deal, and you're chilling. How many years does is Harris's? Would you be locked into Joe Harris for if you take that that contract? I, have I don't no know. Idea what his contract. I, have, like. I think it's like two or three more. I don't know. He, who cares? He's a perfect fit alongside LeBron. Bring up Cole Swider, Sw- Spider Swider, ready for the NBA. Um, David, I wanted to ask you about the Clippers summer league team. Brandon Boston Jr. Musa Diabate uh, played great 
is Diabate going to have to play the five a lot this year? I just made a TikTok about it. Didn't get as many views as I wanted. Maybe I need some more female followers. If you're listening to this, follow me, Brandon S. Deutsch on TikTok. Make some, make some fire TikToks. Um, but David, look, Diabate is going to play a lot of minutes at the five, right? As a rookie? Because Zubac, Zubac is the only other guy in the roster, right? Traditional big? He should at this point. He's, he's looked great in Summer League. I mean, obviously, Summer League is just filled with overreactions, right? You know, these aren't... Everybody's not a NBA talent, like a fully playing the league every night NBA talent. So it, it, the takes can kind of get all over the place. But in his one game, Dibate's looked fantastic at the spot. He's looked great. You know, Brandon Boston Jr., we know. It was nice to see Preston be able to play. Some of these guys have looked great, but... I think the Clippers right now, you know, with the loss of Hartenstein, who very happy for that he's going and making his money in New York. You don't pay him that money if you want to also go ahead and sign John Wall. That's understandable. The Clippers did go ahead and also sign Moses Brown to try to test him out. You know, they had that kind of competition last year with Giles and Hartenstein that went with Hart. It worked out great. Again, happy for him in New York. But right now the Clippers are in that backup five market they're not trying to spend a lot of money on it so you know there's been some looks out there who are you going to try to get Diabate is a perfect person you know you got to give him a little more time to develop but he absolutely could have a role on this team you know he has been fantastic in summer league and for a second round pick which lately the Clippers have been very fortunate on I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him what do you guys think, like all of you, should, should all second-year guys be playing in the summer league? Like, what do you, like Josh Giddy's playing here, there. I know Cade's on a roster. I doubt he plays. But, like, we see guys like like, like Jalen Green. Like, how many games does he play? Like, he's not, a, like, not an established guy in the league sitting courtside wearing his, like, chains and all this stuff. Like, like should all these guys be playing? What do you think? David, answer first. Mm, I mean, how much do you want to risk that injury for some of your top guys? I mean, Cade, Green, Mobley. These are some of your best players. As much as I want them to get that summer league experience, I do. I don't need to see them go and get hurt. You know, God forbid, summer league, one game, you know, some guy who is trying his best to make it to the NBA fouls you a little too hard, and all of a sudden you land weird on your out. You don't want to see it. You just want to preserve those guys. And I'm sure they got their own thing going this summer, and I'm sure that it's been a long discussion with the team that they're like, you know, maybe you don't want to play, maybe you do. But when it comes to a Green, a Mobley, a Kate, these guys – I get it. If you don't want to play summer league or not even don't want to play, if it's not smart for you to play summer league, work out this summer, train, get better. We'll see you in the season. You know, you're an important part of the team. Some of them are even the face at this point. We'll see you in the regular season. We'll see you in the preseason even. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I just feel like some of these teams, like their identity is the fact that they're so young and they feel like, I don't know, I think like the summer league is just valuable time for them to kind of gel. And Scotty Barnes and Kate Cunningham should not be in the summer league. That's, I, that I, I understand. Kate should not be that on the I roster. Understand. No, that I understand. Absolutely. We, we would have won that bet if Kate had played. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Yeah, no, it, it seems the like Pistons it's... brought everyone out. Yeah, it seems like it's it's for guys to just build confidence. But I agree with you guys. It, it's too too much of a risk to have those guys out there, especially if they're guys like Giddy, who you expect to be the Thunder's point guard for the I next. I mean, sheesh, they should retire Paulo. He's shown enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure at the end, um, 
when it comes to the very, very end of the season, like of this NBA Summer League season, you're not going to be seeing him, right? That's the reason why you go to the very beginning of Summer League, yeah. not the end of Summer League to go and see these guys play, right? I mean, Ivy's going to be the exception to the rule. I think that he's going to be there, like, for, for the most part, anyways. Um, well, guys, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow with Mr. Arash Marakazi. David, thank you so much for being on the show again every single Monday. Until then, guys, this is the Arash Marakazi show saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.